0: Let's pray together. Come Holy Spirit and rest on us. Come Holy Spirit, fill our hearts with your power and your presence. Come Holy Spirit, be our teacher today. Guide us into all truth. Come Holy Spirit, heal us and help us. God, we can attest that all our lives, you have been faithful over and over and over. You have proved yourself. In the dark nights, uh, in the difficult times, you are good. When everything's going really well, you are good and we feel like we've lost our way, and we don't hear your voice, we still proclaim that you are good, and you are our God. Come and meet with us today, we pray, in a special way. Awaken us um, to the dream that you have uh, for our life, for our families, for our community, and for our land. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. amen. Well, good morning, It's great to see you. It's great to welcome you to Providence Church. My name's Jacob Armstrong. I'm one of the pastors here, and it's, um, you know, just a normal day in February, but we get the sense that when we gather, it's a special time to be together. Uh, I wanna welcome a bunch of our students who've been on uh, a weekend this weekend. How are you guys doing? Good. Well, it's good to see you. And I can't wait to hear more about how tired you are later. <laughs> a special uh, thank you. I can see in the room, uh, our, our students were on a weekend this weekend with a bunch of other churches in town. They would gather for worship and then go to different homes. I see some of you who hosted our kids all weekend. How are y'all doing? Uh, <laughs> we're so glad that, that, uh, that y'all are able to be a part of that. When I was 19 or 20 years old, I had this prayer that I started praying over and over. It wasn't something that I had planned. It just sort of came into my heart and came into my mind. And it wasn't like I was having long extended times of prayer either. It was just like when I woke up, I would pray it. Or when I was driving, I would pray it. But what happened to me when I was you know, 19 or 20 is that God really began to awaken my heart God really began to stir in me something that I didn't plan for my first couple of years of college. It was just what God had designed, I guess, for my life to, to open me up to um, my heart being woken up. And that's not uncommon to be at that age, to be a young person and to feel God uh, stirring in you. Uh, it's actually a, a common time to, to begin to, to sense that God may have something for you and be uh, woke up a bit. And I, I keep saying wake up because there was this time I was reading my Bible on a Saturday night in the dorm room, and I came to Ephesians chapter 5, and I came across this verse that says, awake, O sleeper, and rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. And, and I felt something in my heart uh, begin to wake up. And I, and I began to even ask God, would you do that in me? Would you wake me up? I remember going out into the hall because I felt God's spirit so tangibly. I was just by myself. I wanted to like, uh, I felt kind of afraid, I guess. I wanted to see someone or share that with someone. What well, was a Saturday night in the dorm room? No one was there. I was the only one, you know, reading their Bible on a Saturday night. So I just had to go back to, to God. And, and I remember saying to God, like, I want that to happen in me. I want to I, I wake up. I don't want to miss life. I don't want to miss what you're doing. And so I began praying this prayer. The prayer that I would pray is I'd say, God, I, would, I want to be a part of, in my life, one of the great movements of your spirit in this land. I began, pray, I began just praying, God, if, if you're going to do some, some big movement of God, I, I, would love, I don't want a starring role, but I want to see it. I want to feel that in my bones. I read these historical accounts of when God would awake a whole nation or awake a whole continent or bring back a certain community back to life and, and wonders would happen. And I said, God, if you, if you would do that uh, in my lifetime, I want to see it. I want to be a part of it. And then I always put a part B to that prayer. I'm not sure why, but then I would always say, but God, if that doesn't happen, and the rest of my time here is dry and barren, I never feel your spirit, I never see wonders, I promise you that I will serve you in the same way, with the same passion and the same intensity. And I have regretted that prayer for many, many years. You, know? um, uh, you, you pray stuff like that when you're 19, right? And you're, you're on fire. Uh, when you're 42, you pray prayers more like, oh God, one day I'd like to have a really nice pickup truck. Or so, you know, it's like, you. You calm down a bit, (laughs) and you go to sleep a little bit, and the fire can die down quite a bit. I don't know if you've heard about something that's being called a revival in our land, uh, in our nation, uh, at a little university in Wilmore, Kentucky called Asbury University. Have any of you guys heard about this on the news? Yeah. It's been on CNN and Fox News. For real. There's something happening there that transcends all of that. And people are perplexed at what's happening on a small 1,800 student university. 20 miles or so out of Lexington. Asbury University is in the same kind of stream or tribe of theology that our church is. What well, the great Wesleyan uh, movement or Methodist movement in America, the first kind of prominent leader and bishop in America was a guy named Francis Asbury. And there's a wonderful school, Asbury University and Asbury Theological Seminary, which we are, connected with. But they were having last Wednesday, not four days ago, but like a week ago, last Wednesday, they were having their normal Wednesday chapel service, which most Christian universities have, 10 a.m. It's a required thing. It's a part of the routine. The service went as planned. After it was over, uh, everyone was dismissed. And a few students, just a handful of students, stayed in the worship center. They felt like they needed to keep praying. And so they just kept praying. Um, But what's interesting is there were students who went back to their classes, and they were sitting in class, and they felt this feeling that they were not yet done praying. And so there was more than one student in more than one classroom across the campus who told their teacher, asked their professor, I think I'm supposed to go back to the chapel. I don't think I'm done praying. And so students began leaving their classrooms and walking back to Hughes Auditorium, this large 1,700-seat auditorium on their campus. And by that afternoon, It was filled with students. Nothing, uh, there was nothing super dramatic happening. They were praying. There was no preaching. Um, But then some students began to share their testimonies about how God was working in their lives. And then some students began to confess their sins. They weren't told to do that. It was just something that rose up in them as they began feeling called into whatever this prayer thing that was happening. They just began saying, I've got some stuff that's not right in me. Some things that I that I need to drop, some things that I need to lose, and so these students uh, stayed through the night into Thursday. They were still going, and then they stayed through the next night, and. And there, were, and there began more and more people coming in, and then Saturday, and then Sunday, and then Monday, and then people began traveling up to Asbury University, other students from nearby universities, University of Kentucky, and Purdue, and Indiana Wesleyan, and Georgetown College, and Lee University here in Tennessee, and Taylor University in Indiana. College students began coming and filling that room, but it stretched on and on. And it's hard to know exactly what's happening there, but something is happening. People's hearts are being woke up, and these students are saying that they want to drop their idols and confess their sins before God to live a new life. Uh, so you won't believe this, but some people are now skeptical of what's going on there. <laughs> people are, what's really, is this just an over-emotional uh, 19 and 20-year-olds? What really is happening at Asbury? And there's lots of people uh, uh, writing blogs about it and things like that. I don't know if I know exactly what's happening. I, I went yesterday. I drove up there. And when I got there, uh, I had to park way far away, and there was just this long line stretching out towards where my car parked, and I just got in the line. And I thought, I don't even know where this line is going. <laughs> and I, uh, I texted one of our, we have a few students there, and I texted one of our students, uh, who's my buddy, and I was like, hey, I'm up here at Asbury, I'm in a line, I'm not even sure where it's going. And he said, stay put, I'll come get you. And so uh, he, he and a couple students came and joined me, and, and we were talking, and they told me the line was going to the auditorium. Well, I stood in that line for over two hours, and then I was still a mile away. And I thought, I got to preach in the morning, <laughs> you know? And uh, so I left, I left the line, and I walked, and I followed the line all around, and I didn't know this was happening. But when I came around the corner to where the uh, auditorium was, there were thousands of people out on the front line worshiping Jesus. Not in a dramatic way, just quiet little circles of prayer. And, and I just got on my knees on a college campus I don't know nothing about. And I began to pray. I felt really led to pray for my daughters. They're a part of this generation that's being risen up. So I spent a long time praying for them. And then I prayed for Providence Church. Gave thanks for so many people that are coming to know Jesus and want to follow him more deeply. Uh, Jude, who was the student I was talking to, he said, um, he said, Pastor Jacob, why'd you drive all the way up here, man? He said, the Holy Spirit's everywhere. (laughs) It's like, smart kid, you know? So I'm not (laughs) sure. right? And my best answer to him is what I'll say to you now is I just felt this hunger to be in the presence of God. And if God was camped out at Asbury for a little bit, I wanted to be in it. And I know people could be skeptical of that and the movement that's happening there that's now spreading to dozens of college campuses all over the nation. Maybe even I'm even skeptical of it in some moments. But my hope is, is that this generation, this Generation Z, these 19, 20-year-olds, whose junior and senior years in high school were terrible. They missed their proms and they were quarantined in their homes and they went on virtual school and a lot of them experienced darkness. I can attest depression and anxiety and angst of the things that you thought would happen in your high school that didn't happen and now they're at college and my prayer is that maybe the awakening that God wants to do in our nation, a place where we have forgotten about God and the ways of God. When we set up all kinds of idols, maybe the awakening, the revival is going to come through them. Maybe God's going to wake up their hearts and it'll wake up our old hearts in the process. That as our students begin to see who Jesus really is and be captivated by his presence and his power, be drawn into his love and want to live that life of love and, and compassion and justice in their own lives, that they could be the ones that bring revival to our land. I changed my sermon plan a little bit this week. uh, And so I don't really have much of a sermon, as I'm sure you can tell. (laughs) But I just sort of wanted to say this, that if there's going to be a revival in America, I want us to be in it. I don't want to miss it. I don't want to go to sleep at 42. I'm hungry for more of God more of his spirit. I don't know exactly what revival means or looks like, and we're not going to manipulate it or try to conjure a bunch of stuff up. But I do want to be hoping and praying that a great move of God would wake up our sons and daughters so that our land would be more turned towards Jesus and his gospel. There's a pastor in New York City at a place called Church of the City. His name is John Tyson. John Tyson. In my opinion, he's a preeminent scholar, an expert on revivals. He's done all kinds of studying on these great movements of God that have happened, the great movements of Jesus' people in the last 2,000 years. And one of the things that John Tyson did a few years ago that I am very interested in is he took a 17-city worldwide tour of places where the movement of God happened in amazing ways, you know, where nations were changed, where great awakenings happened, even what are called great awakenings. And he went to places all over the world, in catacombs in Rome, where hundreds of years ago God made moved in a big way. He also went to places like the Hebrides Islands in Scotland where there was this amazing revival for four or five years in the uh, late 1940s and early 1950s. So he just kind of began to see what was going on and people ask him, you know, Pastor Tyson, you know, what is it that is underneath all these revivals? What's there? Not so that we can, again, make it happen, but so that we could look for it, so that we could watch out for it, that we could make ourselves ready for God's move. And so oftentimes people will say, is it prayer? Is it prayer that makes a revival happen? And there is actually uh, no great movement of God without prayer. I'll say that again. There is no great movement of God without prayer. But John Tyson would say, but it's not necessarily prayer that he's found as the common thing that's underneath all these things. People will say, I guess it's repentance then. You'll hear that any, any revival, people will repent, repent of their sin, which means they will turn from their ways, that they'll, their hearts will be uh, kind of broken and, and, and cut to the heart. And they'll say, I, I want to change. And repentance happens, which is, is, a, is a great indicator. In fact, when Jesus started his ministry, the first sort of public thing that he said was repent. Repent. That was his first word. Jesus. Repent. But he said, repent and believe the gospel, or repent and believe the good news. So Jesus was saying, there is good news for the bad news. And so when we're repenting, we're saying we want to take that on. When the church started in Acts chapter 2, and we read about the beginning of Jesus' church, it's this amazing story where the Spirit of God falls in a way where people have never, you know, people are being drawn to it. People are traveling from all over. What's going on with this group of people who are just standing here still praying, and there's fire, and there's wind? And it says they were cut to the heart when they heard the story of Jesus. And and they asked Peter, they said, What shall we do? And Peter said, Repent and be baptized. And so repentance is a, is a thing that, that happens uh, in, the, in the midst of revival. But John Tyson would say, but it's not just repentance. It's not the common thing i found underneath it. So some might wonder, is it holiness? We don't even talk about that word all that much. Holiness is this change in our lives, this desire that we would be different and we would actually live different because of our encounter with Christ. And, and actually, uh, for me, uh, holiness right now is a, an indicator that revival has not hit America because we are not seeing that people are are willing to change to lay down their lives as we were just singing you know we live in a land that's like follow your heart or you know go wherever you want to go but the bible says your heart will betray you that we're not supposed to follow where our heart leads we're supposed to follow where god leads and so when we do that and we're willing to lay things down there's a holiness that rises up a distinctness in us i have to tell you that if we're going to be followers of jesus in this age we will be distinct It will look different. People will lift their eyebrows at us, but it's not holiness, uh, John Tyson says say, that's underneath it all. Some might say, is it unity? We see this real distinct, interesting kind of unity that happens amongst the people of God. We live in a divided, fractured time. It would be a very different thing if we were unified. And you see a unity that comes out of revival when the spirit is moving. But he says it's not unity that's there. He says there's one thing that I found in all of my study of revival. There's this one common thing, uh, that one common factor in all the Places where there have been great movements of God. He said it's simply this. God comes where he is wanted. God comes where he is wanted. Which is not to say that God can't come where he's not wanted. God can go anywhere and he does show up in all kinds of places where there's darkness. But there is a common ache and revival of a group of, a group of people who would say, oh God, we want you here. You are wanted here. We desire you. We want what you want. We want, your, we want your presence in this place. A group of people saying, would you wake us up? And I have to confess to you that in some ways my heart has grown tired. In some ways my heart has grown cynical, skeptical. I've been discipled by uh, the, the, the teachers of this age who teach us to complain and disagree and look for all of the bad things. I find my heart praying for new pickup trucks, you know, things like that. I've fallen asleep, but I still have a hunger. And what we see uh, in the way revival works, we have this desire that our, our land would be different, our nation would be different, that, that people would be calling upon the name of God and our sons and daughters would be turning to Jesus. I wish I had my whiteboard right now because I've got this illustration that's coming to my mind. So you're going to have to just picture it, okay? So we want revival in our land, right, in our nation, but, but for that to happen, there would have to be revival that's happening in, a, in local communities. There, it would have to be smaller than that first. And for revival to happen in a local community, it would first have to be happening in a church or a group of churches that would come together across different lines. And, and, but for revival to happen in a church, it has to happen in a home. And some of us, we want what God wants. We're talking about we want our nation to be different or this kind of thing. But our, our homes have, are not awake to God. Our homes are not places where God's word is read or talked about. And for our home to have revival, it has to start in a heart. And so revival always starts with somebody or somebodies who are cut to the heart, who are moved to a place that they would say, i got to go back to the chapel for a minute. And when they walk in there, they find that a bunch of other people are walking in the same direction. And as they're making their way down to the altar, they find that God has not just been calling to their heart, but he has been drawing men and women of the same heart to come and pray and repent and give testimony. And so the skepticism is normal. The first followers of Jesus who were called the way, we've been talking about practicing the way here, were actually people for whom the religious leaders were quite skeptical. There would have been blogs written about them. Many tweets would have been tweeted about the followers of the way. But there's this one instance in the book of Acts where where the religious leaders are thinking, what is going on with these folks? And I don't think this is for real, and they don't act the way that we've always been acting, and the Spirit seems to be doing something different. And this old religious leader, a guy named Gamaliel, it sounds like something from Lord of the Rings or something, Gamaliel stands up before the Sanhedrin. And this is what he says. This is from Acts chapter 5. He says, if this teaching or movement is merely human, it will collapse of its own accord. But if it should be from God... You cannot defeat them, and you might actually find yourselves to be fighting against God. We don't have to be skeptical, guys. We don't have to determine the fruit that comes from whatever movement of God is happening in our land. We need to pay attention and see what God is up to. I want to share with you a quote from another pastor, a guy in England named Pete Gregg. Pete developed the Lectio 365 app, which I know a lot of you guys use as a great uh, way of praying every day. And he had this to say about the Asbury revival. He said, what's happening at Asbury is not everything, but it is something. And right now we need something to shock the system so that this generation can experience for themselves the life-changing power of God. We need repentance and holiness. We need the kind of outpouring of the Spirit on campuses that can incubate and detonate a new generation to preach the gospel with greater confidence, fight injustice with greater defiance, and transform society with greater intelligence. Beyond human programs, products, and personalities, we need God's power. We need God's presence, God's perspective. In other words, we need a sovereign inbreaking of the Holy Spirit. America was built on such awakenings and they always 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 begin in precisely this way with seasons of concerted prayer and so I would like for us to pray together this morning to pray for the next generation to lead us Um, a couple things to think about in prayer is if you know you need to repent of your sin it's where revival starts you know say I'm sorry God I want to lay down these idols and I'm begging you to join me in a prayer where we would say, God, we want you here. Simple. God, we want you here, we want you in this place. If there's revival in America, I wanna be in it. Awake, O oh sleepers. Rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Awake. Awake, O oh sleepers. Rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. So, um, I'm gonna go to the altar and pray. And if you'd like to join me on it, I would invite you to come. You don't have to, but if you feel that that movement in you, like I need to move, I need to go, I want God here. um, Let's just spend some time in prayer. Uh, So I invite you to come and, and join me in prayer at the altar. This prayer. This is Garrett. Uh, Garrett's actually a student at Asbury Theological Seminary. He's from our church. Someone that's been called into the ministry. And so I thought maybe Garrett could just pray
1: over us for a bit. You know, awesome. Will you pray with me? God, you are good, and we love you. Sometimes, so many things in life feel like that they get in the way of that but the simple truth is that you are good and you love us and your love knows no bounds no ends God your mercy your grace it's overwhelming at times in this world when we see so much trouble around us God we just we, we praise your holy name holy 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 is the Lord God Almighty God, with, with this next generation that, that we see rising up and the Holy Spirit filling the places in their hearts that that felt so broken, the healing and the hope and the wholeness that you are providing these students, God, we pray for that for our students in this room right now. Students that would step out, step out to, to look different than what they've been, been surrounded by for so many years. God, We ask that that you fill them up with the power of your son, with the power of your spirit, God, just pour into their lives. Let them see the generations of sons and daughters that you have in this room that have gone before them and the wisdom that they have all around them, God. God, bring a hunger and a desire for your word and your truth in their lives. Let it be a guiding light. Let it be a guiding light for us every day. God, grow us, teach us, open up new parts of our hearts that we didn't know were there, God. God, we pray for revival in our hearts, in our families, in our church, our community. God, we pray for revival in our schools in Wilson County. God, use us. Your word, your amazing word says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Remind us of that daily, God. We look to you. We look to you in times of trouble. We look to you in times of joy. In all our days, help us sing, praise the Lord God Almighty, holy, holy, holy. Thank you for Jesus. Jesus, it's in your precious name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.